With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Wellness Revolution Podcast, the radio show all about wellness in your mind, body, spirit, personal growth, sex, and relationships. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have achieved physical, mental, and spiritual health in their lives. If you'd like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit drveronica.com for instant access. And here is your host, Dr. Veronica. We are again on another episode of Dr. Veronica's Wellness Revolution. You're going to enjoy this like every other episode. You know I always bring you delightful guests because you have to figure out how to be well. 360, 360 mind, body, spirit. And one of those ways on figuring it out, we give you all the body stuff and everybody has their formula. We talk about gluten a lot and diets and autoimmunity and thyroid and this and that and meditation. But we're going to talk about something that you may have never, ever heard of. If you have, you're one of the few people we need to get this word out there. That's why I'm having this lady on. Sharon Lynn Wyeth is a nemologist. And we're saying, well, nemologist, what is that? She's going to explain that to you and how she came up with it know your name, about what you are meant to be in life, your life purpose, your spiritual purpose, your path. Have you ever wondered, am I on the master path? Am I on the student path? What am I actually here for? Well, did you know that your name, it's written right in your name? So get out your pencil and paper, write down your name. As you hear some of these pearls, you want to write this down because if you're having in your life struggles, fear, anger, sadness, which is leading you to trigger physical health problems, you got to figure out how do I get rid of it? And part of figuring out to get rid of it is to know thyself. Let's start with your name. So first, I'm going to give you the website a lot because you want to go there. Knowthyname.com. Knowthyname.com. Sharon Lynn Wyeth, welcome to... Dr. Veronica's Wellness Revolution. Oh, it's always nice to be here with you, Veronica. Thank you for having me. So let's get a little bit about your background. We're going to talk about names. And um, you have an interesting name. It's spelled Sharon, but it's pronounced Sharon. And tell us a, a bit about your name and how you ended up getting interested in studying names and actually came up with this system. Okay, first of all, on my name, it depends on what part of the world you're in, how they pronounce the name Sharon. And Sharon is a universal name. It's one of the handful of names that I don't care what country you go to, they have that name and it's a common name for them. And in um, the Middle East, Sharon is pronounced Sharon. And that's how I got my Sharon. So I always jokingly say it's like my, my, my Sharona without the A. You know, that good old song by the neck. Anyway. Um, how I started this was it was in my seventh year of teaching and I was doing the seating chart at the beginning of the school year and you randomly put down names because you don't know the students and you're just going to put them in some kind of a seating chart. Well, when I was doing that, 
my brain was saying, oh, don't put Joshua next to Julie because together they're going to be clowns and Derek's going to need extra help, put him up close and Stephanie's going to be stubborn and put her over to the side so she'll never have to change her seat. And as I was doing this class after class, it didn't even dawn on me until I started my fourth class that I went, wait a minute, I, I don't know these kids. What am I doing? And I was doing the same thing when I do know them because you want a good seating chart where everybody's comfortable and likes the people around them, but they don't like them too much, <laughs> you know, because you want them to behave. And so when I realized that I didn't know them yet, I first felt really guilty because I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And then when I got over the guilt, the curiosity came up and I said, okay, I'm going to write down what my impression is of every person just based on their name because that's all I've got. And I put it aside for three months until winter break. And when I looked at it, I was really amazed at its accuracy. So I said, okay, my brain is thoroughly trained in patterns, being a math major and having my master's. And I thought, okay, my brain has picked up some kind of a pattern. And now how do I make it conscious? So I started with big charts and I put across the top, there was a plethora of Davids in my life at the time. And I put across the top all my Davids, you know, David Chronic, David Zimmerman, David Landis, David, you know, all my Davids. And then I said, what have I observed about these Davids? So I took each person and I wrote down all the adverbs and adjectives I could use describing that person. And then I said, okay, what's in common all the way across? And those had to come from the name David. And what's in common, not in common, had to come from the others. Well, I was always making charts and lists and comparisons and putting down observations. Anyway, to make a long story short, it took me 15 years to figure out all the nuances. And the first name is the essence of who you are. The middle name is where we go under stress. If we don't have a middle name, then who you see is what you get, no matter whether you're under stress or not. And your last name represents your environment. So you have both nature and nurture all in your name. Okay, so now for those of us, many of the people who are watching these type of podcasts are like me, women, first of all, and a lot of us women change our name through our lifetime, through marriage. Um, how does it make a difference about that? Because we're just like saying, well, I was born this name. And then for me now, okay, my middle name, I was given it, but I don't use my middle name at all. And hardly through life have used my middle name. So talk about these name changes, what we decide to use. Now that I'm, you know, I was married one time, now I'm married to somebody else and I got a different name. I'm, I'm simple compared to a lot of people though. So, <laughs> yes, oh, you are. Oh, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> so, so what happens is the birth name is literally our contract for this lifetime and what we came to do and who we are for our strengths and our challenges, what we came to learn, all right? That's our birth name and our birth name doesn't change. Now, every other name that we use is kind of like a nickname. And that's saying how our personality is evolving and showing differently. So if we agree to answer by somebody's nickname, then we're only showing them that part of who we really are by calling them in that nickname. And when you compare the birth name and the nickname, you'll see what's being hidden or what's not being shown or what that person doesn't want to see those aspects of you. Then your last name represents your environment. So if you're married, if you're single, first of all, you're growing up with your parents' last name and it lets you know what that environment was like when you were growing up. But now that you're getting married, so it lets you know what the marriage environment is like because it, the last name always lets you know about the environment. So I help a lot of people change their names that want to. And I always say, give me 10 things that you want in other people in your environment, 10 qualities that you want. And then I'll come up with this long list of names that all have that 10 qualities. 
you wipe out all the ones you don't like the sound of, and then I'll tell you what else is in that name besides the 10 qualities that you wanted. Because we want to attract certain people, like Winston Churchill always said, I want to subtract myself, you know, surround myself with people smarter than me. You know? Yes. So, and so, I mean, I, once I heard that, I thought, well, that makes sense, you know? So what do I want in my last name to balance? And just like I changed my last name eight and a half years ago now. And so, and I made it up based on what I knew and it changed. My whole life came into more balance. So you can make a great difference by just who you're attracting into your world. That's their last name. Ugh. When you go by a nickname in your first name, it says, I'm going to show you these aspects of me and I'm going to hide or keep private the other ones. Or right now I'm focusing on these aspects of me and I'm not focusing on the other. And in the meantime, we have different people that call us different things, right? That we respond to. And they're saying, I only want to see this part of you, whatever's in that nickname that you're responding to, that they're calling you. That's the only part of you they want to see. They're not wanting to see all of you. Okay. And the middle name is where we go under stress. So even if you don't use it, it's still running. It's still there. If you use it a lot, like your middle name, like I do, and like a lot of other people do, then it comes into play more often or, if, or it's easier to see when it comes into play, but it's still coming into play even if you're not using it because it's part of your birth name. Interesting. So what is, what, do titles at all play into it? It's just like, like somebody's title, you may be Mr. or Mrs. or Ms. or Dr. or I have a friend who's Dom or Sir or Knight or whatever. Do those titles play into this whole thing at all? Only when they're used. If they're not used, the answer is no. They're only important to the people that are using them when they're calling you. And then you shift to fit that title along with your name. Mm. Now okay. you've got protocol or an image to also present besides who you really are. So it, it makes a difference on how you present the same qualities that you would normally present possibly a different way. So now this all seems like fascinating and fun, but I know it makes a difference in people's lives. And I know that you've done work with a lot of people and have helped lots and lots of people in, in ways that we couldn't imagine. Tell us a little bit about that, just because people are saying, well, all right, this is just a little game. It's not just a little game. You've done some all remarkable- right, I'll start with businesses and HR companies. And I work with some very large companies and some very small companies. And when they get a lot of people applying for a job, they'll literally say, here's the job description. Here's the list of names, narrow it down for me. Who should I get? And when I was tested over a six month time period for this large company of 400 and something employees, and they were constantly growing, he would literally send me the names and the job description. And then at first he did it beforehand, but he was working with me once a week. And then after about two months, he was like 10 minutes after we'd start, he'd say, okay, here's my list. He wanted to make sure I wasn't going onto the web or trying to look people up or whatever. And at four and a half months, what I gave him as my number one and number two was the first time he gave me feedback. And he said, you know, for four and a half months, my team has interviewed people. They've looked at all the resumes. They've called the references. They take a lot of time and a lot of money to narrow it down. And then they recommend a number one and a number two to me to hire. And he said, and you consistently for four and a half months in 10 minutes or less has given me the exact same number one and number two. Wow. And he says, but this is the first time my one and two is your two and one. Why did you choose that? 
So I said, well, here was my distinguishing piece, what I was using to make that decision. And his response was, we wouldn't be able to see that. Nobody would give that to us in a reference. Nobody would let us know that, you know, that wouldn't come up in an interview. We wouldn't know that until after we hired the person. And because of your accuracy, we're going with you instead of my team. Wow. And so they hired the other one. But that was literally two and a half years ago, and I still work with them on, on people that they're managing. And I don't have to work with them quite as much simply because they're all learning the system. And the whole goal is learn the system so you actually don't need me, so I can work myself out of a job, which kind of scary in a way, but really wonderful. There's too many people in the world, you won't be worked out of a job. <laughs> For people who are um, hiring, and there's a lot of us who are entrepreneurs, and I'm like thinking, okay, I'm, I'm hiring right now. Maybe I need to put some names in front of you and tell you what I need. <laughs> exactly. Where's your job description? What do you need? Then the other thing is, I'm working with a lot of lawyers on how do they present a case for this person that they're representing and that judge. What, what do both of them need to hear? What words ping them? What words will move that judge to go in the favor of this client? What words will I need to say so the client knows I'm fighting on their behalf so they can hear me? You know, so I work with a lot of lawyers. And then I work with a lot of individuals and a lot of family counseling or individual uh, marriage counseling because uh, like there was this group in Hawaii, this one couple that came to me and said, they'd heard me at a talk and they said, do you have any appointments left? And I said, one, if you can make it, great. So they came in and they handed me their names. And I said, oh, so you're here because there's a communication problem. And they just looked at me and nodded their heads. And I said, okay, so normally I will go a little bit with the, with the woman, a little bit with the man. And I said, but I looked at the man, I said, you're here under duress. You don't really want to be here according to your name. And he goes, you're right. <laughs> but she talked me into it. So I said, so I'm going to do the whole process with her so you can see it all and feel safe. And then I'll do it with you. The end result was, I, mean, I asked him, I said, you know, it looks to me like after two years, your relationships kind of go into the dump. Would you like to know why? I had to ask him three times before he said yes, but he did say, this is my fifth relationship that at the two year mark and here we're having problems. And I thought, I'm not surprised. Do you want to know why? And it took him a while before he said yes. And finally, when he did, I said, it's because you're so needing to be in charge and in control all the time that you would rather be right than have a relationship and you don't know how to apologize when you're wrong. And I said, at first, the woman says, ah, when he gets more comfortable, that'll go away or he'll, you know, that'll change. And at the two-year mark, they realize that's not going to go away and that's not going to change. And so then they say, I don't want to live with somebody who can't apologize and always has to be right and the one in charge. And then they break up. And the coolest part about that one and why I remember them is because we had a lot of talking and they've said often, oh my gosh, we were just talking about that. Or, oh my gosh, we were just talking about that because it all shows up in the name and you can get right to the, to the bottom of it. You know, there's no fooling around. But that evening, my host that had sponsored me over there took me to this wonderful event that had like a thousand people in the audience and they found me and came down at intermission and they said they had done nothing but talked since um, they had the session. And most people, now have new tools and they're going to improve their relationships. And this couple said, we decided it was going to be way too much work for us to stay together. But the nicest part is we know why it doesn't work and neither one of us has resentment or hurt feelings or, you know, we can let this one go without saying, I wish I could have, should have, would have, and second guessing. 
and we so, can let it go and still be friends. Well, let's ask, let's get deeper into that because a lot of people want, for, for all kinds of reasons, you're happier, you're healthier when you're in a good relationship. But there are many people, both men and women, who feel like they have difficulty picking the right partner for them or they're, they're attracting the right partner. So when you talk about the couple, um, I'm, I'm thinking, well, what was it about her name that said, that made her choose that guy? So what did you know about her? Or what can we know about ourselves that, okay, we're making this choice, my name is this, and this is why I'm choosing that. In a private session, all of that comes out. You're going to say who you're attracting and what you're looking for and what turns you on, in essence. You know, what makes you excited about somebody else. It's kind of like that movie when Harry met Sally. Before they ever met, I could have told you they were both into books and reading extensively. They were both workaholics, but they made both couch potatoes. I mean, we could go through and say what they had in common before they ever met. They were both very likable, very charismatic people. You know, and so it shows up in your name, what it is that are your strengths and what you're looking for in somebody else. And then when you have a session, often people will say, so what do I want to look for? And I'll start saying where the letters are. You know, these are the letters you're looking for in these key positions, because those are the ones that are going to carry the qualities that you're wanting. Okay, so, so you, you just led right into a good question. I said, uh, we, we've talked before, and I mentioned this on this, but I thought it was interesting. My husband, um, when I met him, I always felt like when I looked at his name, it was smiling at me. I just felt like I couldn't, I looked at it, I still look at it now, it just seems like the letter, it's smiling at me. What is that all about? And, and my husband has a very unusual, he's, he's not born in this country, um, so he doesn't have a name that's very common. It, it's a name pretty much I never heard before I met him. Um, but it smiles at me. So what, is, what, are, what are we seeing in something like that? Okay, so just to clue your audience in, what's his name and how do you spell it? His name is Abel, A-B-E-L, pronounced Abel, not Abel. Dedigbe, D-E-D-E-G-B-E. <laughs> okay. So with all those E's to begin with, right? First of all, in his name, he had a lot of self-confidence. And you very much want somebody that has self-confidence because you don't want to mother them. You wanted an equal. Oh, gosh. Somebody so cool. <laughs> that was very masculine so that you could be very feminine. And so he's got that in his name. You also, because you're naturally intuitive, you wanted somebody else that could almost read your mind you know, as you put it down, that would know you so well that you wouldn't have to talk all the time. He would just know what you wanted. He could finish your sentences for you. He'd get the picture without you having to describe every corner nick and noony of the picture. And so he's able to do that. And you found that very attractive. You also needed somebody who was driven, who wanted to accomplish, who wanted to, to be able to compete, who could stand up and hold their own. And you needed that. And he's got that in his name. So that was very attractive. You wanted a very strong individual, and yet one that didn't have to be in charge. They could share. Sometimes you're in charge. Sometimes he's in charge. That he was masculine enough and knew himself well enough that he didn't have to always be the guy in the lead position. And he's got all of that in his name. So looking at your name and his name, that's what attracted you. That's amazing. 
It's, I just, the audience has to know it's amazing that you described us perfectly, how we interact perfectly. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you might guys might be saying, oh, well, you, you know her. No, we've only talked a few times on interviews. <laughs> um, so um, I, I met her at a conference one time and, you know, that's it. And I said, that's fascinating. I got to interview you sometimes. So, um, but now... Okay, so we met, and I had one name, and then I chose to change my name. Now, I was married before, and when I was married before, for whatever reason, I was never comfortable with his name. Now, with my current husband, Abel, I'm comfortable using his name. I like using his name. Now, it's interesting also that I have two, I've had, this is my second husband, but my first husband had a complicated name too. It was something nobody had ever heard of. Now I have a husband name. Nobody ever heard of it. Um, and in fact, my husband's name, they can tell the origin of the name because he comes from a place in West Africa and they can tell the language and what it means and, you know, all that other type of stuff. But um, what is it, what, what happened with me where I never felt good with that name, whereas now I feel comfortable Okay, so without giving away the first husband's name and without knowing it, okay, I'm going to say that there's certain letters that we all have in our names that are communications poopas, okay, with somebody else's name. Also, there's certain letter combinations that each one of us has that we go, ugh, when, when we have that kind of person. So if you're talking to anybody, you will notice if you talk to them long enough, that there's one name that they've met a lot of people with that have that same name and they don't like that name. They have it like they've learned to have a prejudice against a particular name. And that is because there's six different communication styles that show up in names. And when you have the one, I put them on a wheel. When you have the one that's directly opposite to the other one, unless they know how to deal with that, it's very uncomfortable. And those are the people that you feel don't get you. And so then you don't want to say their name or, or be around them so much. Because it's like you naturally know we're miscommunicating. I'm not understood when I talk to this person. Wow, interesting. <laughs> Did you end up married to somebody like that? Now, let, let's move on so that everybody can figure out, they can look at their name and figure out something about them. You talk about the placement of, you know, vowels and consonants and here, the first vowel is this and the last vowel is that and all that. Go over some of that so we can start learning and looking at the paper and understanding how powerful this is. Okay, the first letter in the first name is your first impression that you're giving out to people. The first vowel in the first name, regardless of what letter, first, second, third, fourth position it has, that's your communication style, your learning style, a lot of your attributes sit right there. Then you have these middle letters that it takes a lot of people a long time to get to know you before they start showing themselves. And then the last letter in the first name is the letter that everybody talks about you behind your back when they say, oh, do you know this one? And then they go, oh yeah, I do. And, and they always mention what's that last letter because it's their lasting impression of you. So if we're talking about the communication style and just some of the things that are in the first vowel in the, in the first name, if you have an A, these are the people that are workaholics, but they're also couch potatoes. They don't need to be the one in charge but they need to work for somebody who's competent because if that person's not competent, they'll slowly take over and do that job and their job because work always comes first. 
Okay, these are the people that I always laughingly say keep the bookstores in order, but it's anything, it's magazines, it's whatnot. They have to be reading, they have to be learning, they have to be growing at all times because that's really important to them. And so a gift certificate to a bookstore is a wonderful gift because they'll always find something in there that they like. And that's just a very short synopsis and they're very visual learners. So if you're, if you're presenting something to an A, you wanna have it where they can look at it because that way it goes into the memory and it's easier for them to get. Then AE, if your first vowel is an E, I always call these the detectives. They wanna know the background and the story of everybody they meet and what's behind them and what's going on and what makes them tick and who are they really. So I think of them as the detectives. They also have a natural way of beauty in the world. So they will notice, like say there's a crooked picture on the wall, when they walk in by, they're straightening it out because it looks better straightened out than when it's crooked. Okay, and they have a great sense of humor. They like to play, they like to have fun. You know, so work is fun. So just to show you the contrast, when an A goes to work, they immediately go to work. We gotta do A, B, C, and D, whatever. When our job's done, then we'll visit with everybody else. When an E goes to work, they have to visit with everybody, know that everybody's okay, and then they can go to work. So they're just <laughs> opposites on how they start. Now, if you don't understand that they're opposites, then it becomes a conflict, okay? But it's up to the A to learn the E's way of being and to adapt. It is not up to the E to learn the A's. Okay, so then we have the I and the O. So the I's are always family oriented. We get all of our lessons in life they come in one of three packages. They're either health or their relationships or their financial and resources. And so the I people get theirs not only through relationships, but they say they want to major in family relationships. And so the good, bad, and the ugly is all family. A lot of times the I person will say, oh yeah, well, I don't have any family issues because I don't talk to any of them. Well, that's <laughs> avoiding what they came to learn how to do. And that is how do you get along with all these diverse personalities and not let them eat your life? The I's love to be included. So if you know somebody whose first vowel is an I, even if, if you're going bowling, even if they don't like to bowl, you say, would you like to go bowling with us? And even if it's your hundredth time to go bowling and they've told you no 99 times, you still ask them. And the reason for that is then they know that they were wanted and they love that even though they're gonna say no again. And you all know they're gonna say no. You still ask them because being included is very important. And they are the natural leaders. If the boss says something, you didn't quite get it, you don't go to the boss, you go to an I. Because they'll give it to you. They're the natural ones that we're comfortable to talk with. Okay? Then there's the O, and they're also leaders, but they're usually the assigned leaders, and they love to be the boss. They love to tell other people what to do. They nurture other people. They have so many balls up in the air, they're constantly throwing balls up, and, and they love to see how many balls they can get up at the air and never drop one. Okay, and they love to just boss and let other people know what to do and how to do it and if it's right or if it's wrong and everything. But, and then they nurture other people around them to the best of their ability. So the thing that hurts them the most is if somebody's not loyal, because they say, hey, look at I was so good to you and now you're not loyal back. And what that looks like is if you badmouth anybody that they care about. Then they hold it against you and not against the other person, even if what you said was true, doesn't matter. You're badmouthing somebody, that's not loyalty and they hold loyalty above everything else. Now, just like the A and the E um, come at things from opposite directions and the A needs to be the one that learns the E, the I and the O come at things from opposite directions, natural leadership versus assigned leadership, and the O needs to learn the way of the I. The I doesn't need to learn the way of the O, it doesn't work, okay? Then 
you have the, and O's love money, everything. You give them a present, it's like how much you cost, that's how much they love me. You know, <laughs> the O's measure everything by money. Okay, so then you have the U and the Y. So the U is the other one with a great sense of humor and they love to be unique and they love things that are different and they love experiences and they're just fun. They have a tension that span about the size of a gnat because it just goes and their conversations with them will go all over everywhere and eventually it'll circle back around. And so to keep up with a, a you and they're great storytellers, you're going to have to be able to flow with the conversation and not be very linear because that would drive you nuts. Okay. But the O, I mean, the U's always see the big picture where the A's and the O's are looking at the details. And so if you're putting a committee together, you want big picture people along with detailed people because you want the whole thing. Okay. And the U's are just a lot of fun. They are what I call our entertainers. And some of them will say, well, I'm not very entertaining, but it's how they put their words together and how they describe things. We're all just fascinated, you know, because they just have a unique way about them. Then the wise are the spiritual seekers. They're always questioning everything. It's always like they're looking to keep finding. It doesn't matter what they know, how much they know, they're always looking to find even more. And the wise, it's a, not a very often used vowel, and they can be the boss's boss. It's the only one that the O will yield to. <laughs> okay, and so what's also interesting about the Y is that Ys like to make things even, or what I call get revenge. So if you do something that's upsetting to a Y, doesn't matter how long it takes, but the right time, the right place, the whatever, they're gonna get it back. They're gonna somehow even the score. And they'll never let you know that you, you know, you tweaked them somehow, but they'll just get even down the road somewhere. So that's a real challenge. And I always think that's the, the vow that you're the most cautious around because you have to really get to know them before you're going to express yourself very much. Because if not, you don't know if you're tweaking something or not. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that just gives us a, a little bit of a nutshell. Um, everybody's got to go to knowthename.com. I want to say that again, just because you start learning these things, you're like, I need to know more. I need to know more. And so, okay, so I always look at things related to how it affects people. Um, physically, people are always worried about their aches and pains and their problems physically, and that's why they originally come to me. They're having some type of physical ailment. But me, being the medical intuitive I am, always understand there's something under, under, underlying that. So is there a way, I, I think I'm gonna come, I need to come to your workshop. Is there a way that we can look at our name and know something about our physical ailments or what we are likely, what type of, we're, we're, where we're weak or what we need to be careful of? The answer is yes, but I'm still in the research phase of that and I'm just almost ready to start testing it and fine tuning it. So I've been doing that research for a long time. For an example, the people with an AN combination in their name usually at some time in their life will have immune challenges. You know, um, the people with an AR in their name will sometime in their life have a problem with their throat. You know, they'll get the strep throat or they'll have throat issues or whatever. There are certain combinations that are lending themselves naturally to a certain part of the body. And I started doing this with collecting people's names and ailments, trying to find enough to get the patterns sorted out, um, literally because um, I've watched people say, uh, astrologers tell other people, you know, this is the weak link area in your body. And those people then 
say, oh, well, then if kidneys are the weak link, I'm not going to drink. Or if, you know, the heart's the weak link, then I'm not going to, you know, do something else. And so I've watched astrologers do that with different people. And I thought, wouldn't that be wonderful if we could do that in our names? Because I know the information is there. It's just sorting it all out. And so I'm, I'm getting close to starting the testing phase. Ah, exciting. I can't wait to know all that. Yeah, so, eventually it'll be know the name, know the health. <laughs> know the name. I, I like that. Know the name, know the health. So what, talk, talk a little bit about your workshops. I mean, you have the books that people can read. I've read and I'm like, I need to know more. I need to know more. So talk about the workshops that you put on for people. About every three months, I put on a workshop and I keep them fairly small because I want to make sure everybody really gets it. And we go through and we cover all but chapters six, seven, and eight in level one. And then we cover chapters six, seven, and eight in level two. There's two levels. By the end of level one, unless you want to do fine tuning and very subtle things, you have so much information. You could literally give somebody an hour reading because we go through all of it. And because I've been a school teacher for so many years, I give you all the mnemonic devices, how you can remember all of this. And then I show you shortcuts and how to read it so you can instantly know when, when you're meeting somebody new what it is, whether they're safe, they're not safe, you can trust them, you don't wanna trust them, maybe you can trust them but not with money, but you can trust them in other things. I mean, it all comes out in that workshop and all the hidden stuff and how to remember it. And then there's a lot of tricks and devices and I also show you how to tell if that's a good address for you. I mean, there's all kinds of things or, uh, that I show up, like, like what years of your life you're focusing on what? And how do you figure that out for anybody? You know, where's my focus now? And when is it going to change? And then what's my focus going to be? So there's so many things in a name and it's 15 hours. It took me 15 years to figure this all out. And then I tested it for three years um, in over 72 countries. And the first level is 15 hours and you're literally given enough that you could give somebody an hour reading and then you can charge for it because then you're certified. And then okay. I have, level two where you get all the subtleties and that's when you can start working with the businesses so you the workshops two days it's 15 hours and it's either two days or what i like to do is friday night all day saturday and then sunday morning ah okay all right so yeah that sounds like a good stuff so we can go on a week we can take a little bit of a long weekend but be back to work on monday Right. You can fly out Friday. You can fly home Sunday afternoon and you squish that whole weekend and it's going to feel like you were here a long time because of so much information you get. And you go home with cheat cards. So you just lay out your cards and you just start reading everybody. Oh, that sounds beautiful. So your, your website, know the name. We know that you're working on the health. Um, just one, one little thing before we close. We only got about, you know, five more minutes. What about people who it's a different language or, um, you know, my, my son learned to speak Mandarin and the characters are completely different. What do you do with languages you know, like I that? I spent a year in China and I spent two years in Japan trying to figure out the, the kanji and the hanji and seeing how it correlated with the letters. And what I can tell you is you need to have a much deeper understanding of that than what I was you know, able to get in that amount of time. So what I did do when I tested it around the world is as long as they're using our letter system, the same one that we use, it works. And every once in a while there'll be a tweak and that's in the book in the what if chapter. 
And for an example, in Germany, when two vowels go walking, the second one does the talking. In English, when two vowels go walking, the first one does the talking. So when you're going into the diphthongs that you're given with two vowels together and what they mean, if you're in a German name, you just need to reverse them. And then you get the right meaning. Okay. So very few things like that, but it did give me the symbols. I traveled enough and got enough details so like the tildes and the accents and then and the people that had numbers on their that went by a number for a while instead of their name. Um, anyway, all of that is in the what if chapter. Wow. Okay. So know the name. You do a you know the name.com. We can go there to find out when you're having a workshop. Do so you do them? I know you're located geographically in Florida. Do you do it down there where we can come have good weather in the middle uh, of the winter? I usually do Florida. I usually do Texas. I usually do San Diego. And then I'll pick one northern place every year. No northern places. But I know northern people want to be northern. But we, right. you know, those of us who are more northern want to come someplace hot. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the time of the year. In the summer, we all want to go north. <laughs> It's true. So, Sharon, thank you so much. This is about people learning about themselves, but also learning how to manage the world and their stresses and by people understanding just by knowing somebody's name, what's going on. I think that lowers the stress because it allows you to be understanding. And just like that couple who realize we're not supposed to be together, but we're not going to hate on each other. We realize that we're just different. And it was just meant to be that way. And it's not that you're bad or I'm bad. We just, our names don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Knowthename.com. Sharon Lynn Wyatt. Always a pleasure, Veronica. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Wellness Revolution Podcast. If you want to hear more on how to bring wellness into your life, visit drveronica.com. See you all next week. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.